Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Presented by Progressive Insurance with the legendary Jim Nance a half hour away on the Goodyear hotline. Really looking forward to that as our legendary Voices Week continues. I also spend most of my life looking forward to these mock drafts. Uh, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, they put out these mock drafts, and I I think a lot of people, A, if you're a football fan, you love them, and B, if you're the fan of a bad team, like I've been looking forward to this since October. So um, McShay has this mock draft up 3.0. We'll bring him here in a second. I would like to take a brief second just to say thank you to everybody for all the nice notes I got yesterday. I, I, I heard from a lot of people, and I didn't get a chance to get back to everyone on it. Um, in case you didn't hear about it yesterday, uh, they, they announced, ESPN announced yesterday that I'm going to host the first two nights of the NFL draft this year on ESPN on the Thursday and the Friday. So that will be round one on Thursday night and rounds two and three on Friday. And uh, It's a dream assignment. Uh, there's really nothing else you can say about it. And for me, it's really coming full circle in a, in a weird personal way. The first event I ever got paid to cover as a member of the sports media was the Chicago Bears draft in 1991 at the old Hallis Hall in Lake Forest. The Bears took Stan Thomas in the first round and Chris Zorich in the second. Uh, Mike Ditko walked into the room and talked about the picks in between, and I thought it was about the greatest day of my entire life, and at that point it probably was. And so exactly 30 years later, I have a different seat for this, and I'm, I just couldn't be more thrilled and more honored. So um, I, didn't get, I was not able to get back to absolutely everyone who sent me notes yesterday. I will continue to try. But thank you very much for the, for the very kind thoughts that I got from a lot of people yesterday. That said, let's figure out where all these guys are going to go. Again, McShay in the latest McBoard has one, two, three, and four as quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, one to Jacksonville. Zach Wilson, two to the Jets. Justin Fields, three to the Panthers, who he has trading up. Trey Lance, four to the Falcons. And then the fifth quarterback in this equation, Mac Jones from Alabama, going five to the 49 excuse me, going nine to the 49ers as the fifth quarterback here. Todd McShay joining me on the Goodyear Hotline. Hello again, Todd McShay. What's going on, Greeny? Well, you're the one with all the stuff. So, so I, when they said, do you want McShay today? I said, yes, I need two segments because I never get enough time with you to get into everything I want to. Let's start at the very top. Let's start with the quarterbacks. We've known Trevor Lawrence was going to be the first pick in this draft forever. For most of the season, I think that everyone's opinion was or everyone's supposition was Justin Fields was the next guy in line. I'm sure a lot of fans are sitting around going, this guy, Zach Wilson, who plays at BYU, and we watched none of him all year, has suddenly vaulted into becoming everybody's favorite player. How did that happen and why did it happen? Well, it's a tough call because you're watching Fields playing in Ohio State against much better competition every week, right? And then you you watch BYU tape, and it, the competition isn't very good. But with with Zach Wilson, what he brings to the table, it, it's a little bit of Pat, Patrick Mahomes, and I hate to put that on him, but in terms of just the, the ability to feel things in the pocket, extend plays, and then knowing when to take off and run and also knowing when to change your arm angle and, and make it a crazy throw. And that's what he does. He's got some Deshaun Watson. He's got some Baker Mayfield in him. I see all three of those guys in, in watching his tape. And Fields is so, you know, he's physically gifted. He has a big arm. He's, he has good football intelligence. He's been developed properly with Ryan Day. But he, he likes to see his receiver open versus when I watch 
when I watch Wilson, he can throw a receiver open. And I think that's probably the biggest difference. Breaking Moves with Todd McShay. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. And obviously the big conversation we had this morning on Get Up and the big the biggest decision that will take place at the top of the draft, Todd, is the Jets at two. Do they take Zach Wilson there or do they trade that pick for what might be a King's Ransom and stick with Sam Darnold? You are projecting them to take the quarterback. I'm going to ask you this in a, in a weird way. Do you think it's a no-brainer? Like, is the, if you were making this decision, would it be an obvious one to you? It's a no-brainer that Wilson goes to, in my opinion. But it's not a no-brainer for, for Joe Douglas, the, the general manager of the, of the Jets, because you've got to figure out where all these other quarterbacks are going. And you've got to also make a deal if you're going to trade Sam Darnold. You know? what, what kind of compensation are you going to get and then you also have to factor in the salary cap and what, what Darnold is going to cost you over the next five years compared to what Wilson is going to cost you over the next five years is significantly different. And so, you know, the fans out there are like, well, stick with Darnold or get rid of Darnold. It, a lot of it comes down to money and the compensation that you can get. And they already have, as, as you all well know, four first round picks this year and, and next year combined. So they, they've got to, they, they know that they can build their roster and they're in position to do it. So they've got to make the best decision in terms of what, what more compensation can they get? And then are they willing to hang with Darnold, which I, I'm a big Sam Darnold fan. I, I really think if you surround him with people and like, give him protection, give him some weapons, who, who's been his best wide receiver? You know, who has been that, that tight end matchup piece that you need? Who's been his best running back? You, you can't look at it and, and say that he had any chance of succeeding. But the problem is at this point, now you got you got to pay him a lot of money versus a, a rookie quarterback. Yeah, look, you're, you're right. And to your point, I mean, when you ask who are his best teammates, it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> and that should never yeah. happen in a, with a football team. Uh, I was actually going to lean forward and answer. And then I realized the point you're making is the exact right point. So that's where that thing goes at the very top of this. And then then the Mac Jones of it all, I think, is fascinating. Greeny and McShay with me here on ESPN Radio, because he doesn't play the game the way quarterbacks today play the game. 15 years ago, I, I think teams consider taking him number one. How much yeah. a factor is that? Like, are, is the day and age of the guy who just stands tall in the pocket and flat out flings it, is that over in the NFL? It's not over, no. But but what, what's interesting is you, you've got Trevor Lawrence, who, who is a you know, big, tall quarterback with a strong arm, but can run. And so he can create a, a mismatch if you want to use the RPO the run pass option. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson has the, the ability to extend the same with, with fields and with uh, Trey Lance from North Dakota state. Mac Jones is so different from these guys, but these, you know, he's everyone's saying Tom Brady. Cause I think Kuiper <laughs> Kuiper mentioned he's similar to Tom Brady. I'm not, I'm not going that far, but I can say this. He's one of the more intelligent quarterbacks I've sat down and talked to in terms of just how quickly he processes things and how he knows the game. He was so determined to be the starter at Alabama. He could have transferred. Everyone's transferring. The, the transfer portal is, is the most common thing in, in college football for quarterbacks right now. 
but he hung in there. Tua Tungabailoa got injured last year. He started four games a year ago. He threw two pick sixes in the rivalry game against uh, Auburn, but still bounced back and almost got them back to, to win that game. Played really well in the Michigan game. And I remember talking to Steve, uh, Steve Sarkeesian in the, I think it was the second or third game of the year against Missouri mm-hmm. when we covered him. And he said, you know, we just need him to play with play in his lane, stay in his lane, and just do what we ask him to do. Don't, you know, don't try to be a, a playmaker or a difference maker. And the second game we covered about four or five weeks later, he was like, yeah, you know, he's really coming along. And then the third game late in the season, he said, I don't know that I've ever installed more in terms of offense with a college quarterback. That's how far he's come. So he processes quickly. He's great in the pocket. He's highly accurate, but he's not mobile like the other four quarterbacks. McShay, stay with me here a minute if you can. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. I want to do more with Todd. We'll do that after a very short break. And Jim Nance is on the way in this hour as well. Stay with us on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Previously... On Greeny. There are more butts than we have seats in this game of musical chairs. If you're a great quarterback, you're not going to be left without a job and you're not going to be underpaid. Those are the two things that aren't going to happen. So while I feel a little bad for Dak Prescott in the way this whole thing has played out, I only feel a little bad because in the end, he's going to wind up winning huge. Granny with you, and that was us earlier this week. The Weekly Rewind, brought to you by Dell. Dell's semi-annual sale for business has arrived. Save up to 45% on Dell computers powered by Intel Core processors. Just call 877-ASK-DELL. We continue with McShay here, who has uh, Mock Draft 3.0 out. And again, a reminder, Jim Nance is coming up a little bit later. Todd, so much talk about the quarterbacks. Let me get to a couple of other things with you. People rave to me about this tight end. I love the tight end position. I love the weapon that it has become in the National Football League. The kid from Florida, Kyle Pitts, is he um, that level of player? Is he Kittle? Is he Kelsey? Is he that good on the next level? I think he's got a chance to be. I really do. He's he's still getting bigger and stronger. But I, the first thing that I, I've really come to appreciate is that 
about 235, 240 pounds, he's actually willing to block. He, they use, they utilize him in line, and he would fight and try to sustain. But what makes him special is his ability to, first of all, play all over the field. You can play him in line. You can play him you know, in the slot. You can use him as a wide receiver. And then after the catch, I mean, this guy, he, he is special. He really is. I mean, he, he's got a chance to be the 11th tight end in the history of the NFL draft to be a top eight pick. I mean, that, think about that. How many guys that we, we've seen? And I just I, – I put him ahead of the wide receivers. I put, put him ahead of um, Devontae Smith. I put him ahead of Jamar Chase. And I, I did it because I thought – I just think that he's such a matchup piece. And today's NFL, you can utilize him in so many different ways. If, if he's that level of good, then I totally agree. It's a position that I absolutely love. This is Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17 with Todd McShay. How about the receivers, Todd? Of the, of the three who we expect to go super high, Jamar Chase, who opted out of last season – Devontae Smith, who shook up the whole world and won the Heisman last year, and his teammate Jalen Waddle, who got hurt. Of those three, which one's the best pro? Chase is the most physically gifted from LSU. But you have to go back to 2019 because he opted out. But he's big, he's strong, he has speed. And I think he's, to me, just physically watching his traits, he's the most gifted. But then you watch Devontae Smith and what he did this year with Jalen Waddell, his teammate at Alabama, going out after five games, I think it was, with an injury. And he just stepped up and, and had arguably the best re- uh, wide receiver year in college football history. And then you look at Waddle, <laughs> who got injured, and you're worried about the durability, but he's the most explosive receiver in this class when you get the ball in his hands on reverses, screens, short game. So... All three, in, in my opinion, belong in the top ten. It's not, you know, may, I had Waddle going on eleven to the Giants, but but all three are worthy of being picked in the uh, in the top ten. Greeny and McShay, who's with me on the Goodyear Hotline. One more for you, Todd. I just have the one minute left here. You have two running backs going in your first round of your mock draft. I love it. I love both of the players. Uh, do you believe that will happen? Do you? With we, all this controversy about whether you should take a running back that high, do you think two of them will go? I do. I actually do. I think Najee Harris has it, he earned it this past year. He came back back to Alabama and he caught the football and became better in the passing game and was more decisive as a runner. He's two hundred and thirty five pounds. He's big and physical. Travis Etienne, I think, is the second best running back. And, you know, maybe it's in the top 40. Maybe it's not late in the first round. But he got better catching the football as well. And he has a little bit more speed and burst and acceleration than than Harris does. But both of these backs are so talented. It's going to be fun to watch. Again, McShay, the latest McBoard 3.0 is up on ESPN Plus right now. Terrific work, Todd. Thank you so much. We'll be talking a ton between now and then. Appreciate you, bud. All right, that's Todd McShay with me here. I love that stuff. I, I live for it. It's one of the reasons I'm so excited about, you know, what, what happened, the announcement of yesterday and getting to do this, because I just love it. I do it anyway. I, all the stuff that I'm going to be looking at and reading and studying, I would be doing that anyway. Um, now there's just a purpose for it beyond my own <laughs> interest and enjoyment, so I'm delighted with that. Okay, the legend Jim Nance is going to join me. We've been doing Legendary Voices Week here Um, And I I think right now, if you looked at sort of the person who was the preeminent person in our business right now, 
the preeminent voice of sports in our industry right now, it would be hard to argue that it isn't my next guest. The great Jim Nance will join me live next. Do not miss it. It's right here on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast. The moments and the voices behind them. To the end zone, and it's intercepted at the three-yard line. Gilmore jumps up and grabs it. Going to the court with Archie Diakono. Three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Incredible performance. Shock it all. In college basketball, UMBC makes history in Charlotte. There it is. A win for the ages. This is Legendary Voices Week with Greeny. The unmistakable voice, of course, of Jim Nance, the courtesy is all CBS because he has been the face and the voice of CBS Sports for two generations now. He is, as I think I once said to him, he is the standard that all of us try as hard as we can to emulate and to chase. The one and only Jim Nance is with us on ESPN Radio. Thank you for doing this, and good morning, Jim Nance. Uh, good morning, Greeny. What an honor to be with you, and stop with all these crazy accolades. It doesn't make any sense to me, but hey, listen, I'm, I'm glad we have a chance to chat a little bit. I'm a great admirer of yours, and uh, thanks for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure, and, and obviously people associate you so strongly with three different events, and we will do our best to get all three in the time that we have, the NFL, the road to the Final Four, and then I'll save my favorite for last, which is the Masters, but, and, and, and all of the, the golf on CBS. But I did want to start with this. We, we came across this sort of honestly this week when we were talking about Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game, and I found myself wondering what one sporting event 
that I never got the chance to attend or see, if I could have picked one in history, what would it be? And so I've been asking all of the legendary voices this week, if there's one event in sports history that you would have given anything to have been behind the mic for, what would it have been? What would you like to have called that you didn't get the chance to do? I have one from each of my three primary sports, okay? For for the Mm -hmm. NFL, I would have loved to have been there January 15th, 1967 for Super Bowl one. If nothing more, forget the fact it was Green Bay and Kansas City and Hank Stram would later be my teammate in the booth for a number of years. But really, the idea that I would have been able to have um, a chance to work alongside Ray Scott, Frank Gifford, Pat Summerall, and Jack Whitaker. Those four men called the game for CBS. Now, NBC had its own feed that day. It was broadcast on two networks. But that would have been the thrill for me in the NFL to have been a, just have been a part of, of that group of four. Uh, in college basketball, I would have liked to have done the game of the century between UCLA and my alma mater, Houston, and the Houston Astrodome. But, you know, Dick Enberg did that game, and he did it like everything else. He did it exceptionally well. Uh, that was the game that really brought a dome atmosphere to college basketball, and it was the first really big national exposure, one against two. Houston actually beat UCLA in that game before UCLA beat him at the Final Four later that season. And lastly, in golf, that's a tough one. It's a tough one to say because there's a, there are a bunch of masters I would have liked to have said I was uh, – a part of, but maybe the 75 Nicholas battle against Miller and Weiskopf. It was great drama. I've looked back at that show many times. It would have been a thrill to be a part of that one. Spectacular choices all. Obviously, there are so many moments in the Masters and its history that obviously go back to a time before anything was even on television. The great Jim Nance is with me here. One more thing before we start getting into the actual sports themselves. For those who've not seen it, one of my the most amused I think I've been in a very long time, this is several years ago now, was when you were telling the story, I think I read it in Golf Digest, when you were telling the story of how when you go into a coffee shop or a diner to order your breakfast, how specific you are about the toast and how difficult it is to get the toast exactly the way you want it. For those who have not heard that story, I would love you to tell that. Well, unfortunately, that was one of my occasions where uh, I was prone to embellishment. Uh, I'm not a big carb guy anyway, so the number of times I'm going to try to debunk this story a little bit because I I probably have toast maybe once a year. Uh, (laughs) But on that occasion that I do, Greeny, I like the toast to be burnt i don't like it coming out where you can barely tell if it's been in the toaster or not so there was a time where this became i wouldn't say an issue but my my wife and melissa my longtime um you know running mate office manager uh, they they laminated a, a card that showed a toaster with two steaming pieces of of toast uh smoldering actually coming out of the toaster and said, you ought to carry this with you on those rare times that you order toast. So I happened to actually whip out that card one time in my life, and it was in the presence of a writer from Golf Digest. And he thought this was the wackiest, craziest, most bizarre thing he had ever seen in his life. And I was doing it basically to get a reaction out of him. I went to a place where I, I had breakfast all the time out here in California, Pebble Beach. And he said, what's that all about? And now that I've kind of got them hooked, I embellished it by saying, I took this to a whole new level. You know, when the 
when the eggs come out and the toast is not the way I like it, now I got to send the toast back. And by the time it comes back the way I like it, my eggs are cold, so the whole thing's off kilter. So, like by submitting this this card uh, with the laminated toaster, uh, it saves me ten minutes a day. He says, "Really? Now I've got them really on the line now." And I said, "Well, if I have toast six days a week, uh, that's sixty minutes. That's an hour, you know, times fifty-two weeks." I've got 52 hours in my year back that I didn't have before. That's over two days. I've got two extra days I don't even know what to do with now, thanks to this laminated card. The whole thing was a ruse. I don't, I don't, I truly, I haven't had toast in probably six months. But I did it that one time, and, of course, uh, Guy Yoakum, who's a wonderful friend, he ran with it and thought it was the coolest, craziest, wackiest thing he ever heard. And uh, the thing's taken on a life on its own. I will tell you, Deadspin picked up the story and thought I was completely insane. If it was true, I would get it. But the fact that I did it one time and and uh, I got a good laugh out of it, it's been kind of worth it to me. But you know, I got to tell you, Greeny, I check into hotels, yeah. And like the, you know, sometimes there's an amenity waiting for you when you check in. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of these hotel managers when, when they're, you know, when they want to do something nice like that. I'm never asking for it. They'll say, hey, we're going to bring an amenity up to your room. And sure enough, 10 minutes after you've walked into your room for the first time, um, somebody from room service brings up with, with the silver tray and the lid over it and the big reveal, and there it is, burnt toast. Like, I'm going to actually eat it. Um, but, yeah, I've had some good laughs with it, that's for sure. It is a story that has taken on a life of its own, and I'll be honest with you, I believed it. So I'm glad we're able to debunk this here. This is the kind of hard-hitting journalism, Jim, that I pride myself on doing on this radio show. Okay, the great Jim Nance is with me from CBS, of course. Let's go through the sports here. Let's start with the NFL. So someday, when your great-grandchildren ask you, what was it like to cover Tom Brady, what will you tell them? I would, you're going to have to talk about how he defied all odds from the get-go, how uh, he became an overachiever because no one respected him in the draft and all of that. He's had this chip slash boulder on his shoulder uh, throughout his career. But I think in the end, you always will attach Tom to what he did in New England and uh, and all those years that Belichick and Brady uh, dominated uh, and, and created a dynasty up in Foxborough. And then, of course, the postscript is, and maybe we haven't written the final postscript on this thing. Um, the, the, the prologue is to go down to Tampa and win the Super Bowl. You know, we're a month away from that now, having called that game. And I still, I've talked to Tom a couple of times since, I still can't get my mind around the fact that the Bucks were the Super Bowl champs and he pulled this off. I mean, this absolutely defies all logic. I had the regular season matchup between Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Kansas City won on Thanksgiving Sunday. They dropped the Bucks to 7-5 and five at that time. I thought we might not ever see them again. They may not make the playoffs. They would never lose again. And, I mean, it's just a testament to one man willing this to be and getting his teammates to believe in him. You know, anybody that achieves greatness, whether it's you're a, a, a quarterback or you're a broadcaster, or you're a filmmaker, part of the magic is getting everyone around you to see your vision. Do people see where we want this to go? Do they know what we want this show to look like? Do we know what 
everyone knows what we want this team to be in the end. What is this film going to be? What is everybody's role? How do we get everybody locked into the same vision? Well, Tom has done that better than any athlete I've ever been around in my 30-plus years. I agree, and, and I think that to, for all of the attention and all of the accolades that he received, I still, to some degree, believe it has been underplayed, just the ridiculous nature of what he accomplished here. It's unlike anything I've ever seen in sports. One more thing I wanted to ask you, and it's, it's tangentially connected to Brady, and that is you broadcast the game with Tony Romo, the AFC Championship, a couple of years ago when he beats Mahomes in the, uh, in, in the overtime. And that was the game where I think Tony Romo's legend was made. And I, I recall oh, yeah. watching that game, and I, my nephew and my son are watching with me, and it was such an incredibly dramatic fourth quarter that they're both sort of shouting and yelling in between plays. And I found myself telling them, guys, be quiet a minute. Listen to Tony Romo. He's literally calling every single play before it happens. And I've never had the chance to ask you, what was it like when he was sitting there calling and, in fact, diagramming all of these plays before it happened? It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, and it feels like this legend that he now has developed. That, it feels to me, is like where it really began. If you go back and look at it, Greeny, what you saw was every play that New England ran, Tony foreshadowed it. And that's because he understood, like Brady does with all these years of experience, they both have all of the film room time and dedication, all the years of experience to step to the line of scrimmage and immediately identify where the weak spot is in the defense. Every time we have a Tom Brady game in the four years that I've worked with Tony, Tony is able to see what Tom sees. When you get younger quarterbacks, it's not the same thing because those quarterbacks just haven't had the tonnage of time breaking down film. So they are on the same wavelength. I mean, these, he was channeling what Tom was seeing and doing, and it was pure genius. It was an absolutely awesome performance. I don't know how he didn't win an Emmy Award for that, but it was about halfway through that um, on a – on a long pass down the sideline to Gronkowski, which, of course, he called in advance, mm -hmm. that I dubbed him Romo Stradamos for the first <laughs> time. It was just mind-blowing what he did that day. But, you know, this is Tony. I mean, he just has this knack. He's the great chess player that can go around Central Park and play 30 different games at one time. I just got to see the board. Okay, over here we move this one. Go to the next board. We move here. Instantly. Instantly, his mind sees the wrinkle in the defense. And that's part, two that speaks to, to Tom Brady's success this year and his longevity. Because these guys, for whatever, all those years have added up. And that day, I mean, it was one of the great broadcast performances I've ever seen or heard. I agree. I, I, I didn't know that he didn't win an Emmy, and, and frankly, I can't imagine how he couldn't have won an Emmy. It, it, was, it was, I think, the most amazing thing I've ever seen anyone do in that role, and I've been watching the sport for almost 50 years. All right, quickly to the final four, because your favorite sport and my favorite sport is golf, and I want to make sure we save time for that. But here we are getting ready to get on the road to the final four, and obviously this will be a year unlike any other for all of the, the reasons of the pandemic. But, but when someone asks you, what was your most memorable Final Four, the most memorable game you called there. What do you usually tell them? Well, that's a good one. I, you know, I had a lot of fun in being able to call Chris Jenkins' shot at the buzzer to give Villanova the championship 
in 2016 over North Carolina. I loved it because working with Raft and Grant Hill as uh, Ryan Archie Diacono was coming up with the ball, uh, Grant inserted, watch out for Jenkins. Jenkins was trailing on the play. And it just, there was no one stepping on one another. It was like the perfect assist. And I spoke to Grant on that call. They get it to Jenkins for the championship. And of course, nothing but net to win it at the wire. And there was the cutaway by our great director, Bob Fishman, of Roley Massimino in awe and disbelief that Villanova had won another national championship. I savored that moment for a multitude of reasons, but primarily because I love the orchestration of the teamwork there that I felt with Raft and Grant and with Mark Wolf and Bob Fishman, our guys in the truck. But, you know, the one that always stands out to me was mm. in Indianapolis, where I'm headed this week for the Big Ten for Selection Weekend, and I'll be there for the whole month for the NCAA tournament. And that's the great city to be able to take on this challenge of a one-city uh, NCAA tournament. But 2010, and Gordon Hayward took the shot from the right side on the midcourt stripe, it was directly in front of us. I was calling the game with Clark Kellogg. We had the perfect sidewalk, sight line, uh, Greeny. Is when it left his hand, I knew that it was definitely not going to be off right or left. It was definitely on track. And um, if you recall, it, it, it hit off the window in the, in the glass, hit the front of the rim, and it looked like teetering for a moment. It could have easily just come back and dropped instead of rolling off the front of the rim. If you added it up 47 feet from midcourt, a little bit longer from the right side of midcourt, let's call it 50 feet, he launched the shot. He probably was off by one inch if you mm. did the math on it. Had that been just one inch lower off the glass, that is not only the greatest shot to close out an NCAA tournament. I think it would have been the greatest shot to win a championship maybe in any sport, to win a, a championship. On a right. mid-court shot to have Butler at that time would have beaten Duke, uh, it it would have been epic. And that's the one that comes back to mind to me the most often because I saw it so clearly and I can still see it leaving his hand. Uh, and it was just a fraction away from, from being the dream finish. That was an unbelievable moment. I remember it so well. The great Jim Nance is with me here from CBS. I've saved my favorite for last, and that, of course, is your long-standing relationship with golf. I, I saw you once describe it as you love golf the way you love oxygen, and I feel very much the same way. So, so let's talk about Tiger Woods briefly here, and we all hope that we have not seen the last of him. We, we, we have no way of knowing at this point how he will recover. We will just wish him the best and hope that we someday do see him again. But as one whose, whose tenure there at CBS has basically run the entire length of his time um, as the superstar that he is, how would you describe what he has meant in, in the big picture to the game of golf over the last 25 years? It's hard to quantify that, Greeny. And I don't, again, we don't know if the final chapter as a competitor has been written. I'm just glad he's alive, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. As you know, I had that interview with him 36 hours before the crash. Uh, he joined us at the Genesis Invitational and was on for about 10 minutes. And I know that tape's been scrutinized and looked at over and over again. I, I, I can't speak to it. I thought he was uh, terrific on there with, with us. And uh, I, I was actually on a family vacation in Mexico. And um, I started to, you know, hear my phone was, was the texts were coming in. And it was, it was horrifying. I ran in, saw the aerial footage first with the car upside down. And I thought, 
oh my gosh, what, do we have another Kobe Bryant type uh, tragedy on our hands? So uh, I'm still at this point too fresh for me to think too much about his future as a player. I'm just glad he's alive and his kids have a, a father to, you know, to, to, to see their lives be raised by, by their dad. Um, what, what's his impact? I mean, it's just uh, he's popularized the sport. You know, there have been others before him. Arnold Palmer did. Jack Nicholas did. Um, but but this, this, this was like a whole new level. I mean, how Tiger took, took the game and, and, and brought so many people to the sport, got young people hooked on the game. Um, his, his career has really transcended golf in a lot of ways. And I've been just very fortunate that because, again, CBS has the most golf events and we have uh, two of the four majors through the years that most of his wins, I believe, were you know, 57 maybe of his 82 wins, somewhere in that neighborhood. And nine of his 15 majors uh, have been in front of us, which has left me with the responsibility of walking him up the 18th as a winner on many, many occasions. And I go from the 97 win for the ages, uh, as I called it on the spot, uh, watching him shatter every Augusta record, youngest, largest margin of victory, uh, the 72-hole scoring record at the time, uh, to his win in 2019. How did that make sense? I mean, it was like a Brady-type achievement, what he did coming up on two years ago. I called it the return to glory. It wasn't a big exclamation. It was more of like a, a soulful uh, observation about a man whose life had gone through a lot, uh, physically, with injuries, personally. We know all those stories, and how he had triumphed over that, how he had his family back, united as one. And it was a beautiful story. Again, it was bigger than the game. Um, and I'm just very fortunate that as someone that's asked to document these moments in sports, that I've just, out of dumb luck, I've been in a position to be able to call these careers of Tigers and, and Tom Brady's. Uh, that was my 100th Brady game, by the way, in the Super Bowl. Hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the likes of Mike Krzyzewski, all five of his championships. I, I've, uh, I, I've been there to call those games. So um, you're as good as the story that's been put in front of you. You know that. We're in the storytelling business. And um, I'm just really grateful, feel very blessed that I've had a chance to tell some really great stories. Give it my best anyway. Well, no, no one tells them better than you. And I, I could do this for 10 hours, but I'm out of time. Jim, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this to do a, a legendary Voices Week. It would not have felt right to do it without yours. Thank you so much. We'll be watching the road to the Final Four, and then you know how much I'm looking forward to seeing what follows at Augusta. So we'll be watching along the way. Thank you for taking this time. The best to you, and I hope we'll see each other soon. Greeny, thank you. This, this starts March Madness for me. It's a wonderful stretch. This is kind of the official launch here being on with you. And thank you for truly bringing so much joy to my life. You really do. And I know there are millions of people who can say that. But being in the business and having you on, uh, in part of my life, you know, five days a week, it's a big thing. And I'm grateful. So thank you so much for having me on. And so that was Jim Nance with me here, Greeny, back on ESPN Radio. We, we taped that on Wednesday. I will tell you now that Jim was on his, is on vacation uh, before he heads to Indianapolis, and he was good enough to make time for us to do that on his vacation. He's just, uh, he's just exactly what you think he is. So that was fabulous and a fabulous week we've had with these legendary voices. My endless thanks. 
to him, to Al Michaels, to Vern Lundquist, to Bob Costas, to Doc Emmerich, and we will have a whole other week of them next week. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Right now, time for some straight talk. Your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With straight talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just 199 bucks. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Been a terrific week. And I will say this. I'm proud of this show because we can go from the genius of a conversation with Jim Nance to just the horror of Devin's takes. And, and that's, that's what you get. You get like that, the yin and the yang of it here on this program. And we will continue to bring it to you. Have a great weekend. I will see you back in Better Than Ever Monday on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.